The web's Michael Smith. It's episode 166 of the Canes cast. And you know what? What's that? I think we've got a star in our midst. In fact, the third star of the week for the National Hockey League. So not a big gaseous object that's well in space. Yes, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> I was just clarifying. I wanted to make sure we're all set uh, in... Uh, I think that the best way to celebrate having a successful podcast with the third star of the week in the National Hockey League was would... Martin Natchez, by the way. Thank you. If, you if, if anyone listening wasn't aware. Thank you. It is Martin Natchez, who is our guest today and who was the NHL's third star of the week. Well, it makes sense. We are doing the Canes cast. So. We are doing the Canes cast. But in case, you know, you I don't know, you were asleep for the last few days and you woke up and you press play on this podcast and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Who was the third star of the week? Well, it was Martin Natchez. Thank you. Yeah. So you can thank you. celebrate all of that knowledge now with a Storm Brew, which Yummy. is the, the fine sponsor of Kane's Cast. Storm Brew, how many calories? 97. How many carbs? 2.4. It is crispy, crushable, delicious. Tasty. You can find it at any of your favorite grocery stores and at Costco. If they don't have it, ask for it. And, of course, it is brewed by R&D, and that's R&D Brewing. And if you have not sampled their wares, please do, because, yes, Storm Brew is outstanding and the fine sponsor of this podcast, but you can have Seven Saturdays, their IPA. They have seltzers. They have pretty much everything for every palate if you're a beer drinker. They apparently have a new seltzer, Black Cherry, Ooh. and I want to try it. So, R&D, if you're listening, uh, we'll be over maybe tomorrow. Sure. Or whenever. <laughs> I will have a Storm Brew, and I will have a... Black cherry seltzer, just a sample for scientific purposes. And if you're one of the uh, close to 3,000 fans inside PN PNC Arena, you can find 16-ounce cans of Storm Brew for just $5. That is economical. That's not, you know, once a week or whatever. That's every single game. So All game long. Enjoy it for us. We can't have it during the game, but you can at $5, a 16-ounce can. That is Storm Brew. Of course, the official beer and sponsor of Kane's Cast. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, we could sit around talking about hockey, or we could just get right to our interview with Martin Natchez. Uh, just to set the scene, please, real quick, uh, Martin Natchez, of course, uh, recorded seven points, two goals and five assists in four games uh, to earn the NHL's third star of the week honors. It's the first uh, national recognition that someone on the Hurricanes has gotten since Sebastian Ajo uh, earned the same award, I believe it was in October of 2018. He had a, a point streak to start the season. It was quite the week for Martin Natchez. He had an overtime winner. He a, had A shootout winner, a shootout which doesn't win. count as a goal, but, I mean, if it gets to the extra session, pencil in number 88 for some points. Yeah, pencil him in and enjoy our interview with him now. We're joined by the NHL's third star of the week, Martin Natchez. Martin, how how does it feel to be to receive that that league wide recognition? Um, you know, like for sure, it's it's nice it's nice to nice to see that, nice to hear that. Um, you know, it's it's been a like pretty good pretty good week for me and uh, for our team. So uh, I mean, it's just like I said, it's it's really nice to see that, and uh, uh, I just got to keep keep it up. And uh, our team as well. It's been a good week for you. It's been a good week for the team. Uh, what has gone right for for both you 
and for the team. Uh, you obviously, uh, with uh, seven points in, in five games, uh, getting you that uh, third star of the week honor. And then the team obviously winning six games in a row. What's clicking right now uh, on the ice for the Hurricanes? I mean, like some games we, I don't even think that some, some games we play our best, but uh, we just always find a way, find a way to win. And uh, that's very important, uh, I would say. So uh, that's about it. Some some games we play, we play very solid. And uh, maybe a game like yesterday, we, I don't think we played our best, but uh, we still found a way. We still found a way to, to win it and uh, get those two points. So, uh, yeah, just... Uh, there's a lot of lots of games and uh, you know like and games goes after each other very very quick and uh, you know some days you don't have the you don't have the best best days but uh, you you just gotta find a way. But what does that say for for this group when you guys might know you might not have your best but you still have a chance to win and you've been on a team that's won a championship in, in the AHL. You've, you've won championships along the way. So is the confidence level of this group, even if we're not at our best, as long as we just stick with it, we're going to have a chance to win this game. Is that kind of the feeling on the bench, especially for a game like last night? Yeah. I mean, we always, we always, you know, before the game, we try to, we try to prepare and uh, try, try to play our best, but uh, just like the King and, uh, we just gotta, you know, keep keep playing our game, keep uh, trust in our system, and uh, as you as you could see, as you guys could see, it, it's uh, it's been working. Okay, Mister Overtime, explain to me why when <laughs> when the game goes to the extra five minutes, uh, your your game. I know you're gonna tell me it's the same thing, but does the extra room on the ice really help you? get to do the things that we've seen with two overtime winners. You, you fly up and down the ice. Does that extra space make the game? I hate to use the word easier, but it seems like it's so much easier with extra room on the ice for you. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure it is. I mean, uh, you just, uh, that's the time of the, of the game when you, where you, where we want to just keep the puck, you know, and, uh, wait for some chances and, uh, just try to build your speed and uh, beat some guys. Maybe like one on one, and you get like two on two on ones right away. So uh, just uh, you know, you just you just want to keep the puck as uh, as long as you can till you get some chance, and uh, then it's there, just attack and uh, try to score. Is there that feeling though in the back of your head because your game winner against Tampa and then your game winner against Florida in overtime? You know, Jordan Stahl gives you a, a pass with some sauce, and you've got to handle that. And then Sebastian Ajo does the same thing. But is your thought, I'm this open, I have to bury this, or you're not even thinking in that situation? Well, in that situation, you're not really thinking. I would say it's just uh, it just happened so quickly, so uh, you really have time to think about it. But uh, just like you say, you just got to put it in. Uh, so I would say that that's about it. <laughs> How about your uh, your shootout winner in Florida? Uh, what's the feeling like when when Rod Brindamore taps you and says you're up next in this the fifth round of the shootout? And then what's your mindset when you're when you're skating down the ice? Do you know what move you're you're gonna go with, or is it more of a read uh, that you make once you get into the, the offensive zone? Uh, I always I, I've always been uh, kind of shoot shootout guy, I would say. But uh, here we have so many so many good players. So uh, this time. And uh, you know it was fifth series. Roddy, 
Roddy told me to go, and uh, I didn't really know what, what I'm going to do till I touched the puck. And uh, then I knew we, like, Troach and uh, Daggy, they both scored five on Bobrovsky. So I was just thinking to, you know, do the same thing, and uh, it somehow it worked out. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, Vincent Trocek, and uh, you've played a lot this year with him. What does he bring to this team? How does he make this team better, especially down the middle? Uh, he's really good. Like uh, I would say, like especially on on power play when he plays with uh, on the first unit with the guys, he scored so many goals. Like I would say, he's really good with tip-ins and uh, all that stuff. And five on five when we play together, we. Finally, like last year, it wasn't wasn't that great, but this year it's it's better and better. We found some we found some chemistry. He's a you know he's a skilled player. He can make a play. He can score a goal. So uh, yeah, as you can see, he's he's been playing playing very good, and uh, he's important for us. Marty Nate just joining us here. I need to ask about your skating ability because Rod Brindamore says it's something that can't be taught. Uh, the way that you can wheel on the ice. Have you always been like that? Or how much hard work has gone into you to do the work on the edges and how you can pick up speed uh, in, in this game? Because honestly, watching it from up top where I am, it's amazing to watch you go once you, you pick up a head of steam. Have you always skated like this? Was that always there? Or was this something that's been worked on throughout your life to, to get to this level? I mean, uh, when I was younger, I don't think I was the fastest guy. I was uh, always like smart or skilled, I would say, but... I don't think I was the fastest guy, but I was working on it like basically every day. Every day I was working on my edges, on my skating. Uh, in the summer, uh, you know, my dad would take me to like to the skills coach, and we were doing all this stuff over and over again. So uh, that's that's where I found my edges. You know, you just gotta find, uh, be comfortable there. And uh, instead of losing losing speed, try to gain speed there. So uh, I think like it's you can you can uh, you can learn that if you if you try and try and again. So uh, that's what I did when I was younger, and uh, yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> I want to go back to uh, your your overtime winner in Florida because the celebration you had afterwards, the little NHL '94 style <laughs> celebration, <Yep. laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> How long had you been sitting on that one? Actually, like, to be honest, uh, in a third period, I didn't play much. I was on the bench, and uh, I was talking to Stephen, Stephen Lawrence. We were on the bench, and I was like, I was like, look, I'm, uh, I'm saving my legs. I'm going to be ready for, uh, for the OT. <laughs> and I was just, like, thinking what I'm going to do. And, uh, well, when it happened, I, uh, I just, I was shocked that it actually <laughs> happened. And that was just my silly I just. It was it was just in my head. It was a good one. It was a it was a classic. I and you mentioned Stephen Lorenz, and I do want to ask about him as well because uh, he's someone who uh, you played with down in Charlotte, and you won a championship with him. Uh, so how good was it to see him get rewarded with his first career NHL goal in Nashville? And and just how happy does that make you for for someone like him, um, uh, who's uh, just such a, a positive kid? I mean, I. Uh... I met him first at my development camp, and uh, since the day one, I I knew he's a he's a he's a great great guy. I uh, I always like him, and then last year he was, or I mean, like the year I was in AHL, he was kind of up and down. 
but uh, he was playing with us. I always knew he's a he's a great player. He's kind of he can play all the roles. He's he's uh he's pretty tough, but he he's skilled as well. So uh, it was great to see him to score the first one for against against Nashville, and uh, I'm uh, pretty sure that he's got more coming. How have you liked the rhythm of this season? Martin, where where it just seems there's a game, it feels like there's a game every day. Do you like this, or would you rather have a, a little bit more space in between the games now? Um, it depends. Like you know, sometimes you're on the, I would say like you know you're feeling good, you're playing good, so you got you got a lot of uh, energy on the ice, and then if if not, you're like we're basically like most of the games winning right now, but. I think like when you're losing and uh, you're playing game after game, you don't have you know much energy. You're uh, still a little bit, so it's it's way hard like that. But uh, you know it's same for for everyone. But um, it's it's kind of I think like way harder than than the normal season because there is not much time to recovery, and you gotta try to do that as much as as, uh, as possible. You won a championship uh, a couple of seasons ago with the the Charlotte Checkers in the AHL for the Canes. You, so you know that feeling around a team that can win a title. Is, is that feeling kind of around this locker room right now? I know there's a long way to go, but is there that kind of feeling walking into the room that, that there's something special going on with this group? Uh, it's tough to say. Though. It's still like, I think we're, we're only half through the regular season, but uh, you know, we, we knew already before the season that we have a we have a great team. We just you know gotta gotta keep playing the game. We we gotta play and uh, just playing game game after game. And once we got in, in the playoffs, then then it starts. You know, but uh, we don't really think about it right now. But uh, we know we know we're good enough that we can do it. How good is it to see your captain Jordan Stahl finding the back of the net? with uh, regularity at this point. I mean, he's uh, he's hot right now. How good is it to see uh, the big fella so confident? It's great. It's great. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a great guy. And uh, he doesn't – he's not good just at offense this year, but he's always been good in, in defense. You know, he he's really good on face-offs, all defensive plays, and BK, he's playing – on a free PP too, he's scoring goals. He's a he's a huge part of our team. So uh, hopefully he he keeps going like that, and uh, it's a you know huge help for our team. For our team, I've I've got a question for how the game has changed for you. Everybody says the the more you play it, it slows down and you can see it better. You're only 22. I think we take that for granted, Marty, about how, how old you are. But has the game, now that you, you've got – I mean, you don't even have 100 games yet in the league, but it seems like you've been around for a while. Has the game at the NHL level kind of slowed down for you where you can see it a little bit better and make some plays where maybe those first 10 games of your career you weren't sure you could make a play like what you can now? Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure it's – I think it's same for everyone like that. Uh, I mean, my first year, it was it was fine, but you know, like maybe you're not that confident. Like you, you're not really sure if you can make the play there or not. And still, still right right now, you know, like you gotta some situations you gotta just you know do what you gotta do, just put it in and go to work. But like at some point, 
where you can make play, you know, you're just, you know, confident and feel good, just make the play. Uh, so, uh, for sure, it slowed down a little bit, but uh, it's still pretty damn fast, fast game, so. Yeah. Yeah, your confidence is a huge part of the game. You've got it clearly right now. The team has got it clearly right now, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Again, Mister Overtime. I'm just I'm I'm th- I'm not a nickname guy either, but I'm throwing that one out there for you. If you want it, All it's right. yours. Take it and keep it. I will try to score a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Good. Thanks so much for joining All us right. today. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our thanks to Martin Nietzsche for taking time out of his Wednesday afternoon. He was one of the skaters that. Participated in the Hurricanes' limited skate, limited practice on on Wednesday at PNC Arena. Of course, there's not much practice time in this season, and uh, you heard him talk about a little bit there. Just the the interesting cadence of it all. Um, the, the Hurricanes recently had a two day gap in between games. They'll have three more of those this month, which I think is a a huge welcome to uh, not only the body for these guys but the mind as well. I think that's one of the biggest things you hear Rod Brindamore talk about is the mental preparation that goes into every game and and having to mentally get yourself up to that level that you need to be at is taxing. And so whenever you have a chance to, to step back for a day um, it is it is good. And I think uh, when you saw the Hurricanes have that two-day break then they come back and they face the Florida Panthers, I think what you saw was a pretty refreshed hockey club. At least that's what it seemed to me. All right, let's take a, a step back from hockey for a second and, and put this, what all of us have gone through for the last year, which is it, it feels like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You know, it, it's, there's a reason why, if you've ever seen that movie with Bill Murray, there's a, it's kind of darkly comedic because he kind of realizes it's just the same thing over and over again. And for people who've had to deal with their children, doing virtual school and going to work. And then it just seems like your day becomes the same thing over and over and over and over again. And you need that mental break. So like the weekend becomes very precious. Those two days where you're not doing the same thing Monday through Friday, nine to five or nine to eight or whatever it is you're doing for the the players. It's the similar situation. Now we've always heard they would rather play than practice, which is true. But when you go from game to practice to game to practice to game to practice or game, game, then a day off, there, there's just no relief because what Rod Brindamore said, Michael just kind of highlighted it is, you've got to get your mind ready to go to play at the level you need to to win every night. And, folks, this is for everybody. If you do the same thing over and over again, they talk about you get into a rut, you get into a funk. That's why when people are like, oh, how come this guy doesn't, you know, Nobody's going to be 100% all the time in any job that they do. Including you, us well, at this podcast. If I if I come in at 38% on this podcast. <laughs> you can let us know uh, via a star rating, of oh, course. Please do. On the App Store. Five stars, best friends for life. Four stars. I'm still really good friends with you. Go out to dinner still. Uh, yeah, sure. Three stars. Say hello. Maybe lunch. You're probably buying. Just a nod. For me. From you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, two stars. Hey, you tried. We're not for you. That's fine, but don't expect anything more from us. One star. Why'd you even bother? You're dead to me. One star. I'd rather you just say nothing about us at all. Though uh, I was cruising the reviews recently and saw somebody who I believe meant to rate us five stars because the comments were highly, uh, were very complimentary, but then the star rating was one. 
So I think they pressed the wrong button or something. Or who knows? Maybe they just balanced out their positive review with a one-star rating. I, You know. Hey, sure. Whatever. whatever. But I'm, I'm going anyway, back to what you were saying. Just going back to the point of you go through all of this. It is the mental grind. So when you can get two days off and one of those days is going to be an off day, you can just reset, refresh, spend time with your family. You know, especially, Michael, you're on the road this year. I'm not. Uh, every game is being broadcast from PNC Arena, from the, the booth. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that rut of it's the same thing over and over. But when you guys go on the road and there was that long road trip through Tampa, through Florida, and then in Nashville, that's where it ended, you guys are basically stuck in a hotel. You, you did have a day in Florida where you could go out and be somewhat normal, and I think that that paid off yeah. uh, with the way that the Canes won those two games against the Panthers. But you, you just kind of every now and again need a release to – just get away from, I, I hate to say because these guys are playing a game for a living and it's not mundane, but to get out of the routine. Yeah. You need it for a day just for your own mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, uh, you know, Rod Burnamore is very cognizant of how many times are you putting on the skates in a season? You know, he's he's very cognizant of um, that that balance, that delicate balance between practice time and time off. And uh, really the way for the Hurricanes to earn more time off is to just continue doing what they're doing, which is winning games. Um, uh, obviously off to that 18-6-1 start, which is the best start through 25 games in franchise history, yep. even better than, you know, that, that one season. 05-06? Yeah, that one. Oh, okay. I, I'm just, you know, wait, reporting facts. But it's a fact. I mean, just because we say that doesn't mean that this team is suddenly not going to be what they are, which is good. Yeah, they're, they're a very good hockey team, one of the best in the league. Um, you know, obviously, the Central Division is on fire right now because you've got arguably the best team in the league in the division in Tampa Bay. Florida's still playing well. Uh, Florida, one of the teams that the Hurricanes uh, have beaten a number of times yep. in this winning streak. 3-0-1 against them overall in four games this year. That's pretty good. Um, but... You know, if you want to look back at the week, I guess, you know, wind back the clock to the week that was since we last podcasted. Um, the big story last week uh, was when the Svechnikov brothers faced off against each yep. other for the first time. And that game uh, between the Red Wings and the Hurricanes and the Hurricanes coming away victorious. It kind of a, a, a through line through maybe this week and, and really a number of games this season is just the Hurricanes finding a way to win. That was a game that, uh, you know, Detroit twice had the lead because of Philip Zadina was uh, the, the 2018 draft picks making a huge splash between yeah. him and Andrei Svechnikov getting on the board. But, you know, he, he twice gives the Red Wings a lead, and it was our, our guest, Martin Natchez, his goal late in the second period that I think really got the Hurricanes going. Um and changed sort of the complexion of that game because through two periods, uh, the Hurricanes just did, didn't have their best. Uh, and it was his goal that tied the game at two before the intermission. And then during the intermission, it was almost like a, a flip switch where the Hurricanes were like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we're a good team. And they came out and imposed their will on the Red, Red Wings in the third period uh, to earn the victory. You know, I'm I'm going to go back to something that, that Rod Brindamore has 
talked about a lot this year, and I agree with it. And it's one of the things that, I, I hate to say it, it flashes me back to the days of hosting the postgame show on the radio. And people say, oh, this team, this team doesn't do this or doesn't do that. This team's winning. They're on a six-game winning streak right now as of recording this podcast, uh, trying to stretch it to seven uh, when they play the Nashville Predators on Thursday. So if you're listening to this before the game on Thursday, a little tailgate action, thank you. And hopefully uh, they'll be on a seven-game winning streak if you're listening to this late Thursday night or early Friday. But Rod Brindamore talks about you know the other team is going to push back. They get paid lots of money too, and they do. And then it's for me, how do the Canes react to that pushback? So we can talk about every game in the six-game winning streak because, remember, the Canes lost three in a row against the Tampa Bay Lightning, but those were good games. Yeah, It wasn't like they were outplayed. It wasn't like there was no effort. Right. But Tampa's pretty damn good, and I will use that word. Apologies uh, for those who don't enjoy it, but moving on, they now are. We're getting the explicit tag on our podcast. Exactly. We're, it's PG-13 <laughs> on our podcast here today. But PG-13, you're right. Well, that means we can uh, say the F word once. No. Okay. No. <laughs> we don't We don't have cool nicknames for ourselves, even though I did offer up Mr. Overtime for Marty Natchez. Yeah. It's not, I don't, it's I'm not, not an over, I'm not, a, I'm not a nickname guy. I'm not like people, cause I get a whole bunch You're of not a nickname nick- guy. You're the big rig. <sighs> you don't, <laughs> as Justin Williams told me, you don't pick your nickname. Your nickname picks you. Thank you. It's Justin Williams right there. Mr. Game seven, which he doesn't enjoy. No, but he's, he deserves He's it. Mr. Game seven. Yeah. Uh, no, I get a whole bunch of people saying, why don't you name this guy, this or these lines that I'm like, it's not my thing. It's not, you can do it, and it's, if you like it, you can keep it, but I will send it back. Yeah, that's fair. It's not that right now, but I, I run down the, how this team plays, and Michael, the mark of good teams are when you don't have it, but you find a way to win. Yep. Marty Natchez just told us that in the interview we had with them, that they didn't have their best against the Nashville Predators the other night, but... There's this belief if they get to it, if they get to their game, yeah, it's good enough to win. And then you look the numbers back everything up, and this this team is I think a should be a darling of sports because not only are they the analytics dream, they are the eye test dream. They have everything going for them right now, and to keep that rolling and to keep it on the path that they are on. In this, I hate to do this, but you look at this month. And how the schedule of March is set up for him. You don't see Tampa. You're not going to see Florida until April 6th, which, by the way, nice little bubbling rivalry between those two teams coming I'll, to the surface. I'll almost be fully vaccinated by then. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Um, you you will be. I, I should be, yes. That's the plan. Knock on wood. Uh, knock on wood <laughs> if you're with me. Thank you, John Gruden. Uh, to I'm also old. Uh, to that end, though, this team does what good teams do. If the other team opens up the door, the Canes run through it. Nashville the other night, and they were down not just one or two players. They're down their captain, Roman Yossi. They're down Matt Duchesne. They're down Ryan Ellis, who's a great defender. They're down good players, difference-making players. And they played this great road game and were really putting the Canes in a bind. And then they took a dumb penalty, which we can talk about, a few of them, yeah. And it turned the game on its ear, and the Canes scored two power play goals, and then it gets to overtime, and Jordan Stahl, the captain, says, all right, enough of this. I want the extra point. Let's go. 
Yeah, there have been a number of times this season where the Hurricanes in, in their postgame comments just simply say good teams find a way to win. That's what they do. That's what they do. It's and the that's, truth. And that's what the Hurricanes have done. You look at Tuesday night's game against Nashville. The Hurricanes, three, four years ago, they are what Nashville was Tuesday night. They play a pretty good road game. A, a, a a really good a really road good game, road I'll game. say. Um, and then they just come away with a point instead of the two. I think it's fair to say from 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 our angle that the Hurricanes probably deserved a lesser fate sure. on Tuesday night. I don't know if they deserved two points. They weren't very good five on five. Now, granted, they were five for five on the penalty kill. Yes, they were. They were two for six on the power play. Yes, they were. They won the special teams battle. And you win the special teams battle and you win the game. But when you look at the five on five play, the Nashville Predators were... Uh, outplayed the Hurricanes. And even in overtime, too, the, the Predators had uh, the better scoring opportunities. But when you have the roster that Carolina has, when you have that type of skill and that talent that can take over games in overtime or can take over games on the power play, that's what happens. You you win games, and that's what the Hurricanes are doing. I am not going to say this is my favorite moment in the post game when Rod Brindamore is talking to the media in this question is asked of him, but why is this happening? But it's now the broken record for the head coach. Well, we've got better players. Yep. We're more skilled. That's that's the why. That's it. And when you have skilled players who play hard, good things happen. And that's the thing with this Hurricanes team, Michael. And for everybody who is listening to the podcast, listen up. It's a skilled team and their best players, everyone works hard. Yeah. And it's it's, it's and they're all competitive. Every single guy in that locker room, if they're playing ping pong, golf, or trivia, whatever it is, they all want to win. They hate to lose. They hate to lose to each other in the locker room. Now, they're good-natured about it, but you have that mix. You throw it in there, that's fine. And one more thing I want to let people in on. So gather up, everybody. I'm going to let you in on a dirty little secret about hockey, maybe more than any sport that is out there in the world today. Sometimes, in the course of a game, the team that plays better in that game doesn't always win. That's hockey. Now, almost every other sport, football, the team that plays better will win the game 95% of the time. Baseball, the team that plays better, I'd go 90 to 95% of the time. Basketball, same thing, about 90% of the time. Hockey, the team that plays better wins the game. 70% of the time. It, it, is that a mathematical fact? It is. Uh, it is. It's science. And notice I didn't use any decimal points or fractions. <laughs> but it is. Although people will tell me that a percentage is a decimal point. That it, yeah. Uh, that, see, I know it, folks. I just don't want to explain my positions on full numbers. What I'm driving at, though, is in hockey, goaltenders make a difference. Yep. A goalie can steal a game for you. Uh, and on the other side of it, is a special teams game. You can be better than a team, five on five, for what would you say an average amount of penalties in a game? Is six per side? Eh, six per side seems. I high. mean, I mean, three and three. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. That like, sounds about right. Like three, three power plays, three penalty kills during sure. the course of a game. So that's six. So that's twelve minutes of a game. You can be better than a team for forty-eight minutes, five on five, but you can lose that game because in your six minutes trying to kill penalties or your six minutes on the power play where you're not very good, just take the life out of you and the other team wins the game. Yep. And that's, uh, 
that's exactly what happened on Tuesday night, really, is that the Hurricanes uh, were able to kill off the power play opportunities that the Predators had. And they had plenty, and of course they were missing guys like Roman Yossi yes. Um, Ryan Ellis, Matt Duchesne, Eric Halla as well, who yep. plays on the power play. Um, and, and the Hurricanes were able to, to take advantage when, um, when the opportunity was presented to them. And yep. that's why they were able to get the two points uh, against Nashville. That's why they were able to get the two points against Detroit. Now Detroit's obviously in a bit of a different place than Nashville um, in terms of, of where they are as a team. Uh, Nashville, though, just hasn't, you know, been able to put it all together. And I, I don't know. I don't remember our preseason predictions. I can't remember oh, if, I do. if I had them in there. Yeah. I was. I had Columbus in there. Yeah, I'm wrong. And Columbus, I'm, wrong. I'm yeah. wrong as well. It and looks like Chicago might be that team. That was the one team I stumped for up until. That's what I, I kind of thought Chicago would be what Nashville is now. And now it's the other way around. Yeah, but Chicago, they found a goaltender. And again, goaltending is the, the X factor. By the way, if anybody out there wants my algorithm for how I've determined the 70-30 split here, uh, you can contact me at Mike Maniscalco on Twitter, and I will be more than happy to sell you my mathematical equation. Oh, there you go. For, uh, like, Bitcoin or something? No, it'll be for cash. Oh, U.S. Hard, dollars only. Hold hard cash. No, I'll take euros. Euros, okay. That's whatever, whatever gets me to the amount that I need, I'm there. The only game in the last three that the Hurricanes have played since we last recorded the podcast where they just kind of dominated the game was the one against Florida. And that came after that two-day gap in between games. Uh, and the Hurricanes came out. Vincent Trocek scores against his former team again because he apparently just loves doing that. He, he'll say it's, you know, coincidence. And, and it, it very likely may be. Four but, goals in four games against him, though. It, it goes from coincidence to fact yeah, after a point in time. A trend, really. Um, but the Hurricanes just uh, really had a good handle of uh, on that game ex- right from puck drop, never really faltered, and, and the Panthers are a team that, you know, we talked about last week, have made a habit of of coming back and, and trying to get back in games, and they, they made a little push, uh, but the Hurricanes were uh, were able to hold strong and, and, and really put in um, one of their better, I think, 60-minute efforts that we've seen from them this season. And against a, a team that um, that is is still hanging around there, against a team that that quite honestly the Hurricanes might end up having to face in the first round of the playoffs if if, if the standings kind of shake out the way they're uh, the way they are now. And I know there's still a long time to go. We're only about halfway through the season. Yeah, we're which is almost at halfway. Still kind of crazy, but um, feels like a lot longer than that to me, at least. I don't, do you feel the same? It feels yeah, like, yeah. It, it it's well, it's one of these weird things. The Canes have 25 games played, so that means they have 31 games left, right? 56 game schedule. Yeah, I believe the math checks out there. Thank you. So we're clear on that one. Thank you. Um, so we're closing in on that point. So when we get to 28 games, you're halfway there. I think that the fact that the Canes had that time off due to the COVID protocols has made this feel a lot longer than what it is. But That's also, point. also when I look back on it, I'm like, we're almost at the halfway point already. It yeah, was like they just dropped the puck three days ago. Also true. So all there, can be true. There, yeah. There's there's a little bit of both. I think right now it's we're starting to get to. Wow, I can't believe we're only at the halfway point. And then there's some days I look back at it and I'm like, we're at the halfway point already yeah. for Carolina. Uh, there are. I just look at how this team plays, and there are standout things for me. 
And again, you want to point to this. I will point to the rest what I was trying to set up with what's going on here in March. You get Detroit. You get Nashville. Then you get the four-game playoff series with the Columbus Blue Jackets before you see the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I said, I think I said you don't see Tampa in the month. You, you do uh, for the, the one-off. So that's what you're looking at for the Canes. This is a chance, Michael, to – you don't win the division, but you put yourself in the position of, well, we don't have to truly worry about making the playoffs if you continue to play strong in this month. Yeah, I mean, they're the Hurricanes right now are – you know, if you – stretch it out over a, an 82 game season or playing at a 121 point pace uh which is really That's far good. far and beyond any sort of playoff cut line that there's going to be the hurricanes are putting themselves in a shortened season like this in a position where i mean i'm not going to say anything can happen in the second half of the season but they've built themselves quite the cushion in the central division to finish in that top 4 um right now there's 12 points between them and columbus which is six games. It's substantial. Now, of course, as you mentioned, the the teams will play each other four times. You can easily make up a good chunk of that. You make up eight. (laughs) In that series alone. But this is where these extra points and everything comes into play because everything's a division game. Yep. You know, as long as the Canes are going to set themselves up, as I interrupted your train of thought, uh, the Canes are going to set themselves up, though, to where they get to the point in the schedule. If they get up a point from a game, you, you move on. It's not ideal you want the wins, but if you just keep accumulating points, you get into the postseason. Yeah, and so the Hurricanes have, as you mentioned, the Nashville Predators again on Thursday, then another one of those two-day gaps uh, before heading off to Detroit for a couple of games, and then it's that that four-game series against Columbus. But, it, you know, compared to February, compared to what they're going to see in April and May, it, uh, they're in a lighter portion of the schedule right now, and that's going to be, I think... Um, huge in terms of that uh, that workload, that rest work balance, uh, so that they're you know sort of in peak performance heading into uh, really the stretch run of the season where they're going to play. I believe if I remember correctly, it's twenty two games in forty days, yep. which is a lot, and um, it's a lot more than the math than, checks out that that's a lot. Yes, and the schedule currently is I think fourteen and thirty, so it jumps up quite a bit in. A short amount of time it's uh, if you really look at it it's 10 extra days but eight extra games in those 10 extra days so the schedule compacts a lot more and the hurricanes got through a pretty dense part of their schedule in february there but if they can take advantage of some of this time some of this precious time valuable time away from the rink this month i think it'll set them up well heading into the stretch run of the season um we can get into some some injury updates maybe before I, I know we have a ton of questions. Yep. I'm sure there are probably some questions about injuries, but yep. as it stands now, Peter Morazic, uh, Rod Brindamore saying uh, not back quite yet, uh, and it's not that it's not that the timeline is off at all. It's just that they were hoping to have him back before now, but they're obviously he's not back yet. But hopefully that time comes sooner rather than later. All right. You want to find out an exercise on what's going on with Peter Mrazek, tape your thumb to where you can't bend it and then go to try to pick things up or do things with your hand. Uh, thumb injuries aren't fun. I, when I was in high school, dislocated my thumb. It's not pleasant. Um, 
it makes doing menial tasks difficult. So trying to play goaltender in the National Hockey League with a thumb that was put in a different position and then you have to have it repaired, you know, that's it's going to be tough to come back from. But that answers a question from earlier. Remember the start of the season, Michael? What about the Canes goaltending? I think that James Reimer and Alex Nedeljkovic have answered any question about the Canes goaltending, and so did Peter Morazic before the injury. Yeah, and that's going to be kind of a storyline to watch too once Morazic returns from from injury. How do the Canes balance the 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 three? You know, does Alex Nedeljkovic go back to uh, kind of just sitting on the sideline, whether it's on the taxi squad or on the active roster, um, or do they try to rotate him into games? It's it's going to be uh, this is it's going to be an interesting situation to to juggle for the Hurricanes because you, you look at Nedeljkovic and his his body of work recently, uh, and I think he's he's kind of proven that he he belongs at this level uh, in some capacity. Um, Tavo Teravainen. Uh, he he missed a handful of games due to a concussion. Uh, he came back on Thursday against Detroit, experienced some concussion-like symptoms the next day, skated on Saturday, again, just didn't feel quite right. So he's been held out of action for the last two games. Um, he's, he, he took part in the optional practice on Wednesday, but not going to play on Thursday, very unlikely to play on Thursday. That's kind of a day-to-day thing, as it is with all these injuries. Concussions, you can say, are day-to-day, but you can list them as anything. You can go day-to-day, you could go week-to-week, you could go month-to-month, because everybody is different. This isn't a knee injury or a a shoulder injury where, well, if we do this, this is the time frame. Concussions are different for every player. And for some guys, it's just about feeling normal again. And then you're trying to remember what it feels like to feel normal, to go through it. I've, I've talked to several players who've gone through it, and it's one of those weird things where uh, one of the, the players that I, I got to know really well, this is a long, long, long time ago, said it was the worst thing in the world because he'd wake up in the morning and he'd feel great. And then halfway through the day or he'd start to, to work out to try to get back into shape and – you know, think of the worst headache you've ever had in your life. You know, lights are bright, noise is beyond loud, and you just want to get into a dark room with nothing. And and he goes, and it could be the littlest thing that set it off. And and then you could go two days, you feel good, you're like, all right, I'm going to go back the third day, yeah. and then it all changes. So that's the, the difficult thing for concussions. I will never, ever fault teams, players, for erring on the side of caution when it comes to a concussion head injury. Yeah. Uh, and then Jake Gardner's just dealing with a little upper body situation. Upper body, Rod Brennamore said, dealing with a little uh, thing in his back. So hopefully that clears up soon. He he came back into the lineup and played uh, against Florida, yep. but did not play against Nashville. Um, his status for Thursday, I guess, is still up in the air a little bit, um, but we'll we should know more moving forward, and that, I guess, covers the injury report as of now. And this goes back to what you were talking about with the schedule too, Michael, where under normal times, maybe you get a little bit more time to space out and rest for injuries. And when you play every other day, you know some, some days you can go, and then some days you wake up and something's stiff or something doesn't feel right, and you can't go, and there's no, well, we'll have three days in between here, or, you know, if... You miss this game, we're only playing one game in four days, so you get five, six days off to, to rest up. Some, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, that's it's not happening this year. And 
and I guess, you know, benefiting the cane is the cane, the canes, um, is the fact that uh, the schedule is a bit lighter this month. They have those two-day gaps. Um, They're hitting a softer portion of the schedule, like you were saying, where they don't face the Tampa Bay Lightning. They don't face the Florida Panthers. They don't face these teams that are in the top of the division right now. Um, So hopefully by the time that they do enter that more, uh, I guess I'll call it regular, where they're playing at least a game every other day. The compressed, the compacted part of the schedule. They'll have more of a full complement of healthy players uh, because that's what you want to see. Um, you want to get to some voicemails real quick? Sure, let's get to the voicemails. How do they get to leaving us a message here that we can play their voices and ask their questions to us? Well, you pick up a telephone, uh, mobile device works, Ooh. or a uh, an old-fashioned corded telephone oh, device. Do those still exist? I think so. I mean, they exist in, like, offices and stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, and then they dial a number, 919-500-7819. That's how you reach us. 919 919- Five hundred seven eight one nine. Hey, Mike and Michael, it's uh, Nick from Ohio again. So I have an observation and a question all kind of rolled into one, and I like it. Take it for you guys. So my observation and my question are just getting done watching the OT winner against Nashville, watching the captain finish it, and. You know, there's often times in sports where you watch a team transform before your very eyes. There's moments and you see them doing that, and they become this elite team. And honestly, I feel like this year is that's that moment. We're, we're witnessing that moment every time we watch the boys play, and our team is becoming a contender that is elite and can compete with the likes of Tampa Bay or Vegas or all these other good teams. And my question is for you guys, what, what's the ceiling? Uh, Obviously we all want to win the Stanley cup, but I mean, what's the ceiling for the boys? Do you, do you really feel like we keep it, keep it going and the boys keep playing like this, that we're going to, we could make it back to another Stanley cup final. Uh, And if you like it, you can take it. If not, Send it right back. But Vincent Trocek is going to score at least 30 goals if he keeps up on this pace. I appreciate all the things you guys do. I love listening to the podcast. It gets me through work. Michael, congratulations on the baby. I know it's a little little due, overdue, but uh, I, have a, I have a girl I work with who's Got a baby due July 31st, and my brother's birthday is July 31st because I believe you said July 31st was your due date. So it's a good date, and I hope it works out. Thanks, guys. I appreciate all the all the hard work for the podcast, and go Canes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Multiple thank yous. Sure, absolutely. There's a lot in there to digest. Well, can I get to the last part first? Yes. Uh, July 31st is my birthday, and yes. I am encouraging – uh, the Smith family, and it's more on Michael's wife to uh, have their child on yeah, it would on be. July 31st. As you've just heard from Nick in Ohio, what a great day July 31st is. Yeah, it would be 11 days overdue at that point. Which... I can't do that to your – I cannot – she's she's already got to put up with you. 
Yeah, that's... We're not going to go 11 days over. Yeah, exactly. Seven, a, a, a work week or a week, we can deal with that. 11 is a lot. Yeah, but uh, but thank you, Nick. Um, and to your, I guess, observation... Question? Question. Like could take it all rolled into one. You're a North Carolina guy. Do you want to answer the question on what the ceiling is? Well, it's the roof, of course. There you go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you... <laughs> You've heard it from you heard it in uh, in Martin Natchez's interview. The feeling is is confident, and that's you know, good teams carry themselves with confidence. That that confidence sort of just flows throughout the locker room, and you're seeing it in the way they play. You're seeing it in how loose the team is around each other in practice, um, in games. There's that that unspoken confidence of if the hurricanes are down a couple of goals, like they were against Nashville on, on Tuesday night that, Hey, uh, we can come back and win this game. And that's what, that's what I think you're seeing uh, from the hurricanes right now um, is, is a confidence that's going to carry them. um, I think into, into a deep playoff run. The ceiling this year, I'll say it would be them skating around the rink with a, championship trophy being hoisted over their heads. That I think is the ceiling for this team. I think that they're, they're that good. If they stay on this path, uh, if, if nothing catastrophic happens, I was trying to come up with the right word and that's the word. Yeah. If this team just stays like this, you would have a hard time convincing me that they are not good enough to win the Stanley cup. I've said it. There you go. That's the ceiling. Yeah, um, and as far as Vincent Trocek scoring 30 goals, uh, if he keeps up on the pace, yes, he will score 30 goals. Yeah. It's a tough pace to keep up. Um, 30 goals in a 56-game season yeah. would be there's, incredibly impressive. There's 31 games left, right? And oh God, here's math, so I hate doing this. Uh, there's 31 games left. He scored, he's got 13 goals in 24 games. Mm-hmm. So say he plays all... 31 games he has to be ahead of the pace that he's on now right because he'd have to get he's got 13 and 24 he'd have to get 17 and 31 that's that's in front of the pace right yeah maybe yeah uh because 17 and 31 is 14 i'm just gonna be close yeah get the calculator out but he's gonna I, i think 25 is what's What's rational? I know that we've kicked out the number 30 here and there for a couple of guys, especially early on in the season. Uh, I think I think anything over 25, I would take over 25. 30 just seems to be, unless you're playing in the North Division where defense is an option, uh, 30 is going to be a tough number to crack. He's uh, The pace would uh, actually be... <laughs> Very, very, very be close. slightly higher. It's he's right now. It's point five four two pace, and that would be point five four eight. So it's it's very close. So basically, if he scores in the next game, he would probably equal that pace if he gets to fourteen. Yeah, and remember, he's only played this year in twenty four games, so. Just something to put out there. Uh, I'll send it back, but I think he's going over 25. Or he'll get, like, 25, I think, is the jump outline for me. Yeah. I don't even know if I did that math right. But it's very close. The the pace would be very comparable. Um, So, basically, he's scoring 
He's scoring a goal every other game. Almost, yeah. That's so that like that has to be the pace. Yeah. So right now, again, with thirty-one games left, if you score a goal every other game, I will go on the high side of it. That would be sixteen goals. That would get him to twenty-nine. Yeah. I'm in a I'm dealing in whole goals, not if he scores a half a goal in a game, because that's not gonna happen. I'm gonna say that he doesn't reach thirty, but he uh he certainly might tickle it. Might tickle twenty five or so. Oh, I I think twenty five is I think twenty five is the line. I would take twenty five. I I feel I have to send back thirty. All right. Let's uh let's take another call and then we'll dive into a lot of questions. I, I'm ready. Hi, Mike. Michael. My name's Colin. I'm from Raleigh. I guess this would like to take it. The Canes are awfully close to reaching the franchise record for consecutive wins. So thoughts? Can we do it? Are we going to break it? Or and did I just fix us and the entire fan base will hate me? Thanks. Let me know. Well, we'll stand by you. Oh, I'm, jinx it. I am. I am standing right next to Colin. I'll stand in front of him and take every arrow on this. Or we'll one. just throw you right in front of the bus. You will not me. No, There's no I such thing as jinxes. There's none. You won't get an argument from me on this. It's again. It's from the people who go negative on it. I we're pointing out positive things, positive. right? Should should we have not pointed out that? Martin Natchez was the third star of the week in the NHL. Or that the Hurricanes. Oh, you said that. Now they'll never get another one. Or that the Hurricanes have won, what is it, nine shootouts in a row now? Yep. So. The longest active streak in the NHL. <gasps> said that. Or that they've won six games in a row. And to Colin's question, great question. Thank you for the call, Colin. Thank you. They've won six in a row. The franchise record is nine consecutive wins, and it's been done three times. Twice by the team that won the Stanley Cup, Michael Smith. I will say that for you. And uh, once in the 09 season, when they went on that sprint to get into the playoffs. Yeah, late in the 09 season. 08, 09. Um, happened in March uh, and into April, I believe, of 09. Nine straight wins. They're three shy of it now. They've got Nashville and two games against Detroit coming up. So is it doable? Certainly doable. I would say it's doable. Um and then on the other side of that uh, two-game Detroit series, they start that uh, that four-game playoff set against the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, is it possible to get to ten? I think so. And we'll see if it happens or not. Yeah. And Colin, if anybody gives you any guff, one member at least oh, two. firmly has your back. I'll uh, firmly, I'll stand by Colin. You'll stand behind him, and then. Push him in push front him of the oncoming bus. No, of, no, I wouldn't. Of haters, I wouldn't do that, Colin. I had somebody text me the other day uh, during the Nashville game about my tie. My tie was was blue and yellow. How dare you! Like you need to change your tie. We need to win this game. And I had to assure this person that my ties have no magical properties. Though, trips salmon jacket that might have some magical well that's a whole different kind of magic (laughs) that was conjured by i believe cobbled together by elves yeah and made perfect for him if sea elves elves that live in the ocean exactly and then the salmon jacket rises from the depths he can pull that stuff off i cannot and it's marvelous but i again the adios yanks it out of the ocean (laughs) the adios of course is the boat. 
you spent time on over the summer. Yes, he did. Just making sure. You <laughs> well, he found right. it as he was fishing for uh, for marlin for right. swordfish. He found the salmon that, jacket. You said it was at eighteen hundred feet. You've got to go down that jacket even further below. Yeah, with the LED tied to the bait and Pulled in the distance, the there it was. Yeah, <laughs> crafted by Neptune himself. Yeah, that's a that's a true statement. Neptune, Neptune by the way, huge huge king. <laughs> um, but I. Look, I don't believe in jinxes. I don't. I don't believe in, you know, it's because it's the weird thing. I've I've said things and then it happens. So does that mean that I made it happen by saying it? Like, hey, the Canes are five and zero, looking for their sixth. Or you under- spoke it into existence. Uh, and that I don't believe in either. I don't have those capabilities. Well, what do you believe in then, sir? I believe in a what? thing called love. <laughs> I was I was gonna give the Bull Durham speech of Crash <laughs> Davis, and I realized I can't. Yeah, it's a again family friendly. We were we, uh, there was already one word. I know we're p- p- PG thirteen territory right now, and I certainly can't give that speech if yeah. we want to stay on that yeah, train. We'll just, yeah, uh, should we dive into some questions? We got a few. Yeah, uh, I believe we absolutely should. All right, let's do it. All right. Uh, by the way, I have one of these for you. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. The Carolina Hurricanes will keep up this current pace that they are on. And we'll finish in first place in the Central Division. Mm, I want to take it. I really do. But then I watch Tampa. And it's amazing their ability to just flip the switch and turn it on. Like They were down 3 nothing to Chicago the other day in the second period. Yep. And in four minutes, it was a tie game. And then they went on. They just cruised to victory from there. I, I really do want to take it, but I... I you know I'm going to stick to my preseason prediction, go with Tampa in first, Carolina in second by a very razor thin margin I think, and there's still the opportunity for the Hurricanes to overtake the Lightning. I I really do think there is that that opportunity, but um, you know depending on when they get Nikita Kucherov back, yeah. I think if they get him back, if they get him back, uh, Andre Vasilevsky is playing uh, at a level. Really, that's just remarkable. Not right just now. Vesna, but like maybe Hart Trophy MVP level. Really good. Him and Marc Andre Fleury have been have been outstanding. So, yeah, it's uh, I I think I'll I think I'll I I want to take it, but in uh, in fairness to all involved, that's I'm going to send it back. Hey, the Tampa Bay and and folks, we know this is the Canes cast, but Tampa Bay is the king until somebody knocks them off. Until the Hurricanes knock them off in the second round. There you go. Uh. Uh, an amendment to that. Okay. Dallas, I think, is going to have a still have a hand to play in how this all shakes out. Yeah. I really believe that they have so many games to play. They're going to get healthy. They're getting players back. They got Rope Hints back. They're, they're going to get Alex Radulov. They're, maybe Tyler Sagan gets back. Maybe they're going to get players. I don't know if they're too far out of it now. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they're going to have a hand in it because they're going to be a good team well, I th- down the stretch to play. I think the one thing that's going to be – you know, worth keeping an eye on, and this is a position the Hurricanes found themselves in in the Metro Division, is that fight for, you know, one of the last playoff spots. Yep. Who Who is going to grab that fourth spot that then either the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Carolina Hurricanes probably are going to match up against in the first round? Is it going to be Chicago, or is a team like Dallas going to sort of force the issue? Can Nashville figure it out? or Does Columbus figure it out? Right. It, By the way, does Tampa want to see Columbus again in the playoffs? <laughs> probably not, but maybe. I don't know. Probably right. not. Probably though. not. Um, it's 
it, that that's really going to be the race to watch, I think, is that race for fourth because there are some teams that could make it interesting. But at the same time, I do wonder at this point, have teams kind of settled into, oh, you know, well, we're kind of out of it. Or is it still, I, there's still plenty of time left and the, the Stars have a lot of games in hand. Um, obviously, you have to win those mm-hmm. games in hand for them to mean anything. Um, but they could they could easily work themselves back into the picture. But right now, they're they're not really a, a factor. No, much, so. that, but that's what I'm saying. As we get down the road, yeah, I think they can play themselves back into it. Do you have one? Uh, of course not. Nah, I had one last week, man, and I think yeah. the week before. So I'm going to take a few weeks no, off. Now. No, because if you did, that would have been two in a row, and that would have been the highlight of Kane's cast. Oh, do I need do I need one to make no, it two in a no, row? No, no, no. Let's just move along. Let's let the nope. Let's let one. the let's let the people bail you out as no, no, they no. always do. Well, <laughs> there are a few. Uh, there's one from Fuzzy for. She sent one in, but then she said, "I cannot claim it as my own." So she put in a disclaimer. That, oh, good. Yeah, that there is no. She's not offering it to me. She's just offering it up to the podcast. Which that is how it should be. I am fine with the people emailing, calling, Twitter versing in. And saying, here's one for us, but not one for you to co-opt. I've got one. Go for it. The Hurricanes will have a player named a star of the week again this season. Yes, I'll take it. Okay, I'll take it as well. You could have upped the ante and said first star of the week. Well, yeah. I'm just going general star yeah, of the there'll, week. Yeah, there'll be another one. I think so. There'll be somebody, uh, the way Vincent Trocek has played, the way Sebastian Ajo is starting to heat up. Uh, Jordan Stahl right now, his week has been pretty darn good. Uh, and we still have Thursday to get to, and then there'll be a Sunday. So, yeah, I'll definitely take that. Okay, me too. All right. All let's right. Let's get to some questions. Ready? This one comes in from Adam Webster. Should we do rapid fire? Uh, sure. Adam Webster. Hi. Do you know what goes into the decision to play Lorenz at the fourth center and moving Paquette to the wing when 78 draws into the lineup? It certainly seems to be successful, but just wondering why one is chosen over the other. Thanks. That's from Adam. Uh, well, I've, they probably have both played wing in the past. Uh, I think Paquette played wing in, in Ottawa. I don't know if they had him slotted in at center. Um, I, I don't really know what goes into it other than just fit, really. Yeah, Rod you know. Brindamore addressed it when it was brought up, and part of it was Lorenz plays center. So it just seems to be a little bit more of a, of Natural a fit there. Fit, and yeah. Lorenz, I think, has turned some heads with his speed, with his ability to get up and down the ice. And your center's got to play the 200-foot game. Uh, this is, by the way, nothing against Jordan Martinuk or uh, Cedric Paquette. But I also think one of the reasons why is if you put Paquette to the wing, you can unleash him to unleash hell on the opposition as far as just go seek and destroy and hit anything that moves. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't Where, have to be as positionally sound yeah and, and I even hate using that term but it I think it gives you more flexibility with Paquette to be a physical presence on the four check on the fourth line if you put him to wing yep all right so. this one from Jessica Jacobs has Rod Brennamore signed a contract extension yet no this from Bill Gunger 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 do you anticipate any trades at the deadline yes uh, I anticipate trades. I mean, the league is somebody's going to make a trade. There will be trades in the league. Yes. Uh, is he referring to the Canes? Probably. It is Canes cast. Um, at the deadline, I don't know. I mean, the, the Canes 
have already made a deal and yeah. made the team better. Yeah, and they freed up a little cap space in doing it, but they don't have a ton. So that that is one thing to keep in mind. There would probably have to be money going the other way if they're bringing money in. So maybe. I would like to keep this more in the amoeba as he was referring to just any trade whatsoever at oh, the yeah. deadline. Any Which trade, answer for sure. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, this from Fuzzy Fur. Take it or send it back, which is eh, close enough. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, I like send it right back. When it's not <laughs> sent to us correctly. Yeah. Uh, you cannot claim, oh yeah, I cannot claim this as my own. Fine, fair enough. Good. Yep. Uh, winner of the Central Division won't be decided until the final day of the season. That's a really good point. I'll send it back. I'm going to send it back to and say maybe the, I'll say the final week. Yeah, it'll be the last week. I a lot of ra- the races are going to stay tight this year because everybody's just playing each other. So points are just points are being handed out around the division. Yeah. And uh, that's well, it's going to create a lot of tight races. So I'll say the last week. Right, here's here's why I'm not going to go with that because the Canes and the Lightning which we've already documented that we think are going to be one and two, they don't play each other that last week of the season. That last month of the season in May to be honest with you. So I think it, it actually might be sewn up before then. Yep. There you know, it might come down to what I'm looking here at the might come down to like the 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 ninth or the eighth, which is splitting hairs because that's almost the last day of the season. Yeah. Okay. Moving along. I've got one for you. Uh the goalie discussion is fascinating, asks Robert Leonard. Not only for when Morazic comes back, but all three as pending free agents and the Seattle draft. Would love to hear predictions on what happens with these over the next five, six months. Oof. Lots can happen. Lots can happen. And I, too, am going to be curious to see how the Hurricanes handle the three goaltenders once Peter Morazic gets back. I mean, obviously, Morazic has to be, has to figure to be the, the 1A, yeah. at least, just with the way he was playing before uh, he suffered the injury. Uh, James Reimer, I think, you know, figures to be the the backup. But what do you do with Alex Nedeljkovic? Do you work them in regular games? Do you try to rotate between three goaltenders? No, I don't, I don't think you can do that. I don't know if that's sustainable. Has, uh, you know, I look at a guy like Nedeljkovic as someone who's kind of uh, proven himself. Sure. Do you, maybe you, maybe you look to trade somebody. That could be an option as well. And James Reimer, uh, I said this the other day, uh, he reminds me of a crafty left-handed pitcher. It, it might not be statistically beautiful or artistic, but he knows how to win. And that's all he does is he just makes the save to quote trip Tracy, timely save keeps the canes in it. And then they go win the game. And Reimer, when you get to overtime or the shootout, he has been outstanding, not just for the canes, but for his career. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, uh, let me, let me just oh, back one up though, a little, right. uh, cause Liam Dow has a similar question. What are your predictions as to what happens with Nadelkovich over the rest of this year and next year? So we kind of just hit on it. Next year, I, I think everything's on the table for, for the Canes with a goaltending situation. Yeah, because he's right now a restricted free agent, but he could end up being um, a Group 6 UFA uh, if he hits a, a certain games played mark. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. The Hurricanes uh, obviously needing some goaltender to uh, you know, to get a goaltender under contract for next season. Right now, the only one under contract for next season is Beck Warm signed his entry-level deal, two-year entry-level deal this week. Um, but the Hurricanes will, will obviously be in need of, of some sort of um, tandem to, to fill out their NHL group. Yep. 
All right. Uh, this one from uh, Ryan Bordis. The playoffs started today. Who's your starting goaltender? Today? Yes, today. James Reimer. Yeah, meaning, pro- meaning you don't have Peter Mrazek. Right. James Reimer. Today, yeah. Sure. Um, and and who's to say the Hurricanes wouldn't rotate in the playoffs? Oh, I think they, they might. They've, they've done that before. I think they might. Rotate until you find the hot hand, at least. Once you find the hot hand, that's the one you kind of have to roll with when it gets to, to playoff time. I, I just think you go with, with Reimer because if you do have a guy who has the experience, you go with him. But you say today, by the end of this month, my vote could change. I could say Alex Nedeljkovich at the end of March. But right now, today, I would lean James Reimer if the playoffs started today. But they don't. That's true. All right. I got one from Colin Ferns. All right, Colin. Like it, take it. Eric Stahl will play at least one more game as a Carolina Hurricane. Also, have you guys thought of having episodes of Kane's cast dedicated to moments in Kane's history? There's a lot of great stories that new fans don't know yet. He said stores, but I think he meant stories. Yes. Um, there are a lot of great stories that new fans don't know yet either, I'm sure. Um, sure. But stories. A lot well. of them that sell Storm Brew probably too. Absolutely. But Colin, uh, yeah, we thought about that, but, you know, it's that's probably an off-season looking back on yeah. what the Canes have done. Yeah, it'd be fun to do. Um, might need a couple more hands working on the podcast no. to make it happen. Uh, you mean our, all of our people? Yes, we'll, yeah. we'll get our people on it. Yeah, our best um, people. In regards to your first question, I would – Love to see that happen. You taking it? Take it. I'll take ta- it. I'm taking it. I'm right. taking it all the way to the bank and then cashing it in for a check of a substantial amount of money. Oh, good for you. I don't know why it's worth a substantial amount of money, but that's it, that's what it is. Hey, if my algorithm to tell you how in hockey only 70% of the time the best team wins, you can cash in whatever you want. Yeah. I want to take it. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's because I'm not sure for him to get here. It's it's one of two ways. He's got to be traded, and right now he's in Buffalo. And let's face it, everybody on that team is up for being traded. Um, but what would it take to get Eric Stahl here? And is then it comes into how much are the Canes willing to give up? What's the role? I, I, there's so much that that's the moving part there. Then there's the unrestricted free agent part of it, which he is at the end of the year. Yes. I wouldn't be shocked. If this is, like, forever, I'll take it. If it's this year, I I want to, but I'm not sure I can. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's uh, definitely something to keep an eye on because he's a piece, I think, that the Sabres could move around the deadline. Oh, sure. That's a veteran piece who's won. He's been to the playoffs. He knows what it takes. That's a piece that teams that are playoff bound, unlike Buffalo, are going to be looking to add. You got one? Yeah, from Tommy. Getting hit in the face with a puck is not fun, like Jordan Stahl did. Should the NHL players wear full face cage? I think, I mean, if they want to. question. If they want to wear one, sure. Should you mandate it? I mean, I hate saying no because obviously there are injuries like the one Jordan Stahl taking Brady Shea's clear right to the, the face the other night and obviously had to get stitches and... Um, so I, you know, me saying no kind of flies in the face of just basic safety, but at the same time, I think if, if someone wants to choose to wear one, fine, but, uh, but if not, I don't think it should be mandated. Of course, I mean, the same could have probably been said for the visor debate about 10 years ago when that was 
a hot button issue. Well, let's put this into these terms. There was a player left in the National Hockey League in 1997, Craig McTavish, who didn't wear a helmet. Yeah. Uh, he was the last player to not wear a helmet uh, in the NHL. And that is, by my math, 24 years ago. So it's not that long ago. The visor thing became mandatory. I'm, I'm for the visor. The face shield, um, I think it's up to the players. I, it's 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 more it's more their decision again i i i'm with you i feel uncomfortable being like no to something that would <laughs> clearly protect the players and make the game a little bit safer right but i that's one a full cage i have a hard time that's one where i think the pa would have to be like hey we want to this is something we want to do i don't know if the nhl could just say okay mandate it. yeah it's got to be agreed upon by it's 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 got to come from the players yeah so they wear it in college. Yep. So um, it's uh, this is a good question, Tommy, and it, it leads to debate. I when you say should the NHL players wear a full face cage, I can go. I mean, would it lawyerish? Be no, I could go lawyerish here and say should they? Yes. Yeah. Would it be the smart thing? Yes. Should it be mandatory? I don't know if I can agree to yeah. it being mandatory. Although we all agree it's the safest thing. Yeah. And now we sound like anti-mask people no no i'm for it i'm for the visor i mean yes. i was for vi- like when you when you're talking about your eyesight you know, why wouldn't you want to protect that but now when you're talking about your teeth your mouth your jaw yeah why wouldn't you want to protect it either i have no idea why why to me visor seems to be the right place to stop when you talk about mandatory right because that i it only does so much yeah, and players still get clipped yes under so. uh, around the eye too i mean it's it's easy to to get the Although, stick up under the visor this is going to sound weird and by no way please don't let this be a cop-out answer i wonder if you'd see more high sticking if guys wore full masks maybe like the the sticks would come up a, a heck of a lot more than what we see yeah i don't know maybe i mean they come up a lot i got one for you okay it's from shaft just right. talking about shaft hey what can the canes do to maintain that hunger to be better when success is so high right now, one, I think that they've got the carrot dangled in front of them, which is Tampa Bay. They're not in first place right now. Yeah, there's that. And then there's Rod Brennamore, who's oh. not going to let that happen. Jordan That's Stahl, true. too. I mean, really, the whole leadership group in the room, I don't think, would let that falter. And there's that guy. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Strength and conditioning coach who does not settle for these guys mailing in a day. Because you've got to start the day one and zero and win the day. Uh, the other part of it, this is a team that hasn't gotten to the Stanley Cup final yet. They haven't won the Stanley Cup. They haven't won a division. There's a lot to still be hungry for. Yeah, and they got a lot of young players who want to prove that they're some of the best in the National Hockey League. So, Shaft, great question. Just talking to Shaft, but I think that the hunger is is lit with this team. The players I already talked about their competitive nature as well. And this one from John Glennon. I know Raleigh is a small market, et cetera, et cetera. But why is the NHL basically ignoring one of the top teams in the league? Marty Natchez being one of the stars of the week is great, but I bet a lot of people are going who? Well, I think you could say the same for the team that won the Stanley Cup last year. Yeah. I, like people would, you could put Braden Point in the middle of, you know, Fifth Avenue, as they like to say, and people would be like, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah. And I, as the Hurricanes have more success, more people are going to pay attention to them. That's uh, that's just what it is. They, they've the team has only recently 
climb their way back into relevance. A big part of that was obviously Justin Williams, Rod Burnhamorn becoming head coach, the team making a deep playoff run uh, in in 2019, the team the storm surge, the storm surge, returning to the playoffs in 2020, a hot start to this season. Like uh, all of that leads to more national recognition. So when people say that, though, I'm like, well, what what do you want? Like, what is more recognition? That that's and I'm I'm asking that and. I think John asks a, a very legit and fair question, but my thing is like, well, what what should it be? You know, should Natchez have been the first star, or you also I'll have the to week Mark Stone had? Oh, I know, but you also have to understand that marketing is still a part of the league, and the NHL plays way bigger in places like in Boston and Philly and New York and Chicago. It just does. Um, it doesn't mean that that they're totally ignoring Carolina. If anything, if you watch now, like if you watch NHL Network, uh, there's more features, more things done on the Carolina Hurricanes than I think has ever been done before. Yeah. Um, and that's but, all a product of the uh, team becoming relevant yeah, again. You have to win. And I think that's the other part of it too. And it's kind of, you know, when we talked about the hunger, the league can look at it. It's a really nice story that's here in Carolina, but they haven't won the Stanley Cup. They didn't go to the Stanley Cup. They haven't, you know, there's, there's, Boxes you have to check before you get that kind of recognition. You know, Tampa has it because they won the cup. But, you know, it's funny. Dallas went to the Stanley Cup final. How many people, how much recognition? And I know Dallas isn't having a good year, but they went to the Stanley Cup final. How much are they getting? Uh, We can point to other teams. Yes, Colorado's got a a lot of recognition right now. But, again, there's been a little bit of, I, I hate to go history there, but when the NHL was really you know, picking up steam there in the 90s and Colorado was a team everybody talked about. So I think there's recognition. I always go back to, like, what more do you want? And it's not like a, oh, what more do you want kind of in a, a snotty way. I'm like, well, what more are you looking for? Like, are right. they leading off podcasts and things like that? Yeah. So And and honestly, I mean, it just I, it doesn't really matter when it comes down to it. Well, I mean, I, the, the guys in the guys in the locker room and the head coach I think could care less. Right. It's it, all that matters is at the end of the day the team's winning, the fans here love it, the support's strong. That's what truly matters. Wh- whether people in South Dakota are paying attention to it, you know, whether the the NHL Twitter account is is tweeting about the Hurricanes or not, it really doesn't yeah. matter. Um mm-hmm. and they are tweeting about the Hurricanes that and again, as you see good things happen with this team, they're only going to attract more interest. And again, I need to thank Marty Natchez because every time he scores in overtime, I show up on NHL Network. Yes. I've got well, your figure, voice. I've got to figure out, yeah. Or me. I've been showing oh, up on That's true, yeah. <laughs> doing recaps. So uh, that wasn't happening before. It's happening now. Uh, Webster Thunderhammer at Bowberry Kaniac. Well, two excellent names, by the way. Yeah, I know. Biggest challenge in preparing for the new Smith in these times. Uh, well, That's for you, buddy. Yeah, I can't uh, go to ultrasound appointments with my wife. Uh, excuse me. Um, um, yeah, I haven't been able to go uh, into uh, the, the the doctor's office for the appointments, so I've had to get you know. Uh, I couldn't bring you in virtually. Well, yeah, I'm I'm there virtually, but I'm not there in person. Uh, that would be nice. Um, but other than that, it's just trying to find time between all these games to uh, to prepare because it's the, coming do quickly. Nurse, do you have the nursery built? Oh no, not yet. Oh my goodness, no. It's there's just hit the halfway mark. We've got we've got some time. 
But yeah, we'll see. All right. It's, uh, it's, uh, we're, we're getting closer by the day. Yes. That's that's uh, how that works. That is how that works. (laughs) And time isn't slowing down either. No. So. No, it doesn't. But we'll, uh, we'll get there. And we're both very excited about it. Um, can't wait. July 20th. Yes, I know. Or somewhere there. Or 31st. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. I hope not, but there you go. Uh, from Drew Wrestler, do you watch The Office? Not religiously. No. Do you watch it at all or no? Nope. Really? Nope. That strikes me as a show you would have watched. Uh, Parks and Rec. That's my show. Yeah, I didn't watch every episode of The Office, but I actually caught it more in reruns than when it was on live. So. I'm all out of Twitter questions, but I do have one email question if we want to wrap up with that, unless you have another Twitter question. Well, no, you can go right. right ahead. Let's uh let's wrap up this uh this podcast with this email from James Bingle. If you like it, you can oh, take it. I do have one more. It just came through. Okay. Well, let's go with that then. And then we'll Chris Gus, can you please address when Ned can get some custom pads? Pads are custom. They're white, they're made for him. Yeah, it's like Archer's Herbe. Classic white pads. He's got two uh two different helmets that we've seen. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, if you like it, you can take it. If not, send it right back. This from James Bingle looking at the schedule for the remainder of March and the current trend. The Hurricanes will topple franchise records for both win streak, which obviously we've talked about before is nine, and wins in a calendar month, 10. There's a question mark beside, and I haven't fact-checked that yet. Uh, on their way to 22-plus points for the month of March. Uh, and he's uh, providing some context, writing this after the 4-2 win over Florida for contact for context. Um, yes, uh, I think we already, we took the win streak, right? We did uh, We did say the Hurricanes could maybe achieve that. Wins in a month, I, I don't know what the number is off the top of my head. Um, Let me see if I have it here. James Bingle says it's 10 in a calendar month. Something leads me to believe they have done that four but we'll find out uh no don't see it at the moment well in any case the hurricanes do play 14 games this month uh 15 games in a month yeah 14 games this month i think they can get to 10 rather easily sure although if you think about it they had the winning streak which is nine well they did that when they've had the winning streak, they've stretched out. Although I would have to go back to January of 06 because they won eight games, had to have won eight games between January 1 and January 19th of 2006 because they started a nine-game winning streak on New Year's Eve, December 31st. So they had at least eight wins by the 19th of January in 2006. Yeah. And uh, let's see. That year, I don't think there was an all-star game that year. Well, there was Olympics. That's what it was. So it would have yeah, showed Olympics. Uh, but that probably would have been in February. But anyway, we're uh, we're over 80 minutes now probably. We're off the rails too with that And we question. haven't even... Uh, we, we didn't even talk about the news that broke today, which is the ESPN deal. 
that's huge for the league. We didn't even talk about the hit and Dante Fabro being suspended two games by the NHL, which I think a suspension is the right call. Absolutely. Should have been a major penalty as well when Should it happened. A major penalty. Which we didn't get into something that I, I want to hear on a Canes cast that Rod Brindamore has talked about. It's the officiating and how to help these guys out. Yeah. Well, and one way, and we'll do this quickly and then get out of here, but one way to, and I think the NHL introduced this this rule last year, just call it a major penalty on the ice and then review it yep. and then decide, okay, no, it's just a two-minute minor. If you call it the two-minute minor, which they did, there's no way they can look at it again and say, oh, that was really bad. We should make it a major. Then it's just the two-minute minor. So if you make it the major on the ice, then you can at least review it and downgrade it to a minor if needed. But instead, it was just the two-minute minor. My problem with this is a lot of leagues do this. They call the penalty to the result, not to the infraction. And because Brock McGinn is one of the toughest human beings walking around planet Earth, he didn't roll around on the ground like a soccer player who gets taken down. Sorry, soccer fans, but you know what I'm talking about, the excessive trying to draw a penalty and get somebody kicked out of the game moment. Brock McGinn looks up. He's angry, but Dante Fabro left his skates and landed an elbow to the head of Brock McGinn along the boards. I mean, there's three things right there. Along the boards, elbow, leaving your skates. So charging, boarding, elbowing, whatever you want to call it. You had those three, three on the table. That's a hat trick on one hit. But because Brock McGinn, and I believe this, because McGinn got up and went to the bench, they're like, all right, two minutes. Instead, if he would have you know, stayed on the ice for a, a period of time and the trainer had to come out and help him off. And by the way, Brock McGinn spent more time off of the ice than Dante Fabro did because Brock McGinn has to go back into the protocol. Sorry. Yeah, no, all true. The Hurricanes scored on the ensuing power play. They and did. That changed the game, so. Yeah, but. And now Dante Fabro will not play Thursday when the Hurricanes and Predators renew pleasantries. That's fine, but you want to get rid of these hits? You have to put things into play. More than just a two-game suspension afterwards. You have to put it in these players' heads that they can't deliver these hits yeah. when they're on the ice. Yeah. But glad to see supplementary discipline was levied. Uh, it was the right, uh, the right call in that situation. You're way to, too calm and measured about this. I feel like I'm flying off the handle. Well, it's, you know. I don't know what, uh, I mean... Compare it to the Wilson hit that got seven games. I think the Fabro hit is worse, but it's not. There's more you know, of a history, though, with Tom Wilson than there yeah, is with Dante Fabro. You can't just take one hit, compare it to another, and then say, okay, well, let's judge, you know, what, you know, what deserves what. There's more to the situation there. Um, but it was the right call by the league to, to have a hearing with Fabro to suspend him for a couple of games. Uh, and it's good to see, too, that Brock McGinn is, is, uh, is healthy after that hit because it could yes. have it could have ended a lot worse. Um, Agreed on that one hundred percent. So that we, uh, I guess we dove into it enough. Great that the NHL will be back on ESPN, and maybe the best news of all of that, the classic ESPN NHL music is coming back. Oh yes, cannot wait to hear that uh, on ESPN on ABC over the next seven years of that agreement. Um, so yeah, is a uh, good news this this day, I guess, for the league uh, in terms of their future on television in the United States. It's going to be big, I think, to, you know, when we talk about growing the game, when you can grow the game amongst uh, casual viewers especially, 
um, when you think of sports and you think of television, you think of ESPN. So the fact that the NHL is going to be back on ESPN on ABC, it's in more houses. It's gonna be it's gonna be great for the league. Um, and there's probably more to come too, based on the fact that ESPN and ABC are carrying four of the next uh, seven Stanley Cup final uh, series. So there's probably going to be another network involved. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out, and and it's uh, and the future of hockey in in America is is I think looking uh, brighter than ever, and that's uh, uh, that's a testament to to really the the strength of the league. And you look to next year at Seattle coming into the league and having uh, 32 teams, and um, it's a good time to be a hockey fan. It's a good time to be a Hurricanes fan. Because they're eighteen six and one, they're off to their best start through twenty five games in franchise history, and uh, we've talked for way too long. No, we did. Our yeah. thanks to Martin Nietzsche for joining us way earlier on this podcast. Didn't he join us like six hours ago? Yeah, about. Okay. I think he's uh, probably preparing for. It's probably Thursday by now. He's preparing for the game. But we'll uh, we'll come back to you next Wednesday. Talk with you again. <laughs> Um, after the Hurricanes play their two-game set in Detroit. We'll have three games to talk about. We'll have uh, someone else from the locker room to talk to. Uh, and maybe we'll have, uh, you know, some more questions and voicemails to dive into. Remember, if you want to call us, 919-500-7819. 919-500-7819. And our thanks to Stormbrew for their delicious crispy beverage. Sponsor this podcast, the official beer of the Carolina Hurricanes. From our friends at R&D Brewing. By the way, the Canes went 13-1 and in the month of January in 2006. All right. So there's the there's the bar. Okay. That's, uh, that's a lot of 13 out of 14 would be this month. So uh, that's going to be something. That would be something. That would be something. All right, let's get out of here. All right. For the web's Michael Smith. And TV's Mike Miniscalco. He's very calm and measured. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, moi moi. Thank, thank you. Damn it. Thank you all for listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs>